Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. And this week, we have a very special guest with us. Probably the number one fan of the podcast. No, definitely. Definitely. I would say the absolutely. The number one fan of our podcast, Mr. Charlie Wade. Hey, guys. This week, we will be reviewing the adaptation of the 2008 Tony Award-winning musical, In the Heights, and discussing other Broadway adaptations from the last 20 years, Chicago, Sweeney Todd the Demon, Barbara Fleet Street, and Into the Woods. Before we get into that, how are you guys doing? I forgot that was the subtitle of Sweeney Todd for a second. I thought you were just saying shit. It's like the demon. We didn't watch that. I'm just ripping. I'm making just, shit up. Just improv. We like to have fun here, you know? Um, how are you guys doing? Um, I'm doing really good. Um, I've been really excited to film this, so I am excited to be on the podcast. We, we've been looking forward to this one. Th- th- this man's a day one. Uh, uh, the, the ride or die. The ride or die. <laughs> you and I, uh, we, all three of us have uh, have some like varying degrees of background in musical theater. So sure. I, and this really feels like the first episode that we're actually really qualified to speak <laughs> on. Our yes. topics, I feel. Absolutely. Uh, you, you though, are, uh, are an actor extraordinaire. That's what, that's what you're going to school for, right? Yeah, I'm going to school in the fall. For Wonderful. We finally have someone in who knows what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> Take would... that harsh in Jackson. You would think. <laughs> you know, ideally, I guess. Harsh is a film major. That no, I, I know. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, you guys watch anything lately? Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've been, I just got on summer break, so I've had a lot more time to, to watch some movies. Um, a lot of my time has been taken up by The Last of Us. I've been playing The Last of Us. That game is, it's so good. I cannot wait for the HBO it, it's um, so good. series that's planned for that. Yeah, you can borrow my copy of Last of Us Part 2. I, I actually got it. Oh, you bought it? was it? on sale. I was, oh, I was, I had a cop. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been watching, like, The Conjuring Universe with my little sisters. Yeah. I, I, I don't. They're fine. Like, The Nun was bad. <laughs> the Nun sucks. But Annabelle Creation was actually kind of was like, right. oh, okay. David is coming around to it. Um, I watched the first Saul movie. Uh, it was pretty good. I appreciated yeah. it. I'm glad you took our recommendation. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're going to watch any more of them, just watch this. No, yeah. No, I listened to the podcast, and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch one, and then I'm going to stop. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Honestly. Good, good call. I'm yeah. glad somebody listens to our opinions. Yeah. And then I watched, I rewatched Whiplash. Oh my god. Whiplash is so good. I don't know if I've ever made this like clear on the podcast. Whiplash is my favorite film of all time. It's so good. It's so good. Um, um, yeah, it's so, so good. I People give J.K. Simmons a lot of credit for that movie. And I mean, I agree, obviously. But I don't think Miles Teller gets enough credit for that movie. Was Miles Teller canceled? I don't Where is he? What, what is I he saw, been doing? I saw him in a vacation photo with Shailene Woodley on her Instagram. Oh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You think Aaron Rodgers has seen Fan Stick? Um, absolutely. I haven't seen Fan Force. <laughs> it's awful. He lied to him and was like, no, it was really good. No, it was really <laughs> good, man. I'm a big Josh Trank fan. No, but Miles Teller, he, in that movie. Yeah, he's great. He's amazing. He's, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Great. I think everything about that movie, just the direction. It, yeah. The, it's the never, like, I feel like sometimes when I sit down to watch a movie, I'm like, okay, like, how much longer do I have left with that? Whiplash, I put it on. <laughs> 
and then it was over. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so, like, so good. It doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It's like a tight hour 40, no, I think. No, it's like, so good. Even, even if it wasn't my favorite movie, I still would think it has the best last 15 minutes of any movie. Oh my god, it's... <laughs> it's up there. It's I, up there for sure. Like, I think the wording I used to describe it when I first watched it was, never has an ending hit me with, like, such a strong, like, equilibrium of, like, joy and dread. It just makes, yeah. you, it makes you sweat. Like, like I'm, I'm exhausted by the end of that movie, but in, like, the best possible Absolutely. way. As someone who's, like, going into music like the message is like it's like it's it's fucked up they, but it's and yet yeah. i still prefer la la and land really yeah listen they're both they're both fives for me they're both, 10 out of 10 they're both 100%. Tens, yeah. I, whiplash might be the better made film but just something about la la land la, man. la, la land like, is in my top it's so sweeping la, and just yeah. we're not here to talk about la la yeah. land we're here to talk about some other musicals that came out that is true broadway adaptations unless unless you had more to say about no no no, 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 um, no no uh in the heights Came out this week, Mister Mister Lin Manuel Miranda, the, the lip biter himself. His first, his first musical, uh, his first full length Broadway musical. Okay. Give a shout out to Twenty One Chump Street, real quick. I think In what, the Heights was first. Was no Twenty One Chump Street's like uh, his old like off Broadway like. Right. Well, he wrote he wrote In the Heights. Oh yeah, well sure, but I'm talking in terms of like debuted and like put out and everything. Oh right, for sure. Um, but yeah, so this is his his first Broadway musical in any case. Um. Based on it's not based on anything. It's, it's no, I it's guess it's based on story. his experiences. It's an original or, or story. Yeah. But um, do, uh, does anyone want to give us a a brief a brief plot rundown of uh, of the story? Yeah. So so this movie revolves around uh, a boy named uh, Uznavi, mm-hmm. who is he owns a bodega in um, in Washington Heights, and uh, it's it's basically just a story about. He feels connected to his heritage in in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and wants to return there um, and kind of fix up his dad's shop. Yeah, um, who's which has been destroyed. Um, but he also feels a connection uh, to Washington Heights, like the community that's kind of been com- built here, to, and like everything. the Hispanic mm-hmm. community at large, and it mostly follows him. He also has a has a friend named Benny. Mm-hmm. He has his own stuff going on. Like, like their their two romances are kind yeah. of the, the big driving force. Yeah, there's Usnavi and and Vanessa, which uh-huh. is his love interest, and Benny and Nina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there on, it's just basically a story of these four people, mostly, and mm-hmm. their community. And it's like like them coming together and and, like, and like, there, there's every, like it's kind of structured around a blackout that happens. Yeah, that's kind of the big like event that the centerpiece of the because because it's like the scorching heat of like uh-huh. the summer and so like act one ends with like the blackout happening and it's like you know yeah, yeah, it revolves yeah. around musicals that's you the know. central event yeah but that's pretty much it yeah. this, the film was directed by uh, John M. Chu who Crazy did Rich, Crazy Rich Asians. Asians I believe he did um, I've never seen Now that. You See Me 2 oh shoot G.I. Joe Retribution I have oh, seen that oh boy Step Up 3. I have not, <laughs> not seen, seen that. that. Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. No, you serious? Did no, he didn't. Yep. And he's still on schedule to make Wicked if that movie ever comes Is he comes directing out. Wicked? Cap. He is. Cap. Yeah, that's, that's major out. Cap. It's we're never not, coming out. We're not, every year without fail, it's on the schedule for a December release. I agree. And every year without fail, it never fucking comes out. I agree, but he is on the the... We, we need to do something special on the on the on the show when Wicked finally comes out. I agree. Like oh. if, if Wicked, okay, you hear me out. If Wicked actually releases, I will eat an entire witch's hat. Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> on live, on air. I'll be dead before Wicked comes out. What is that? Mean? <laughs> it means whatever you think it's going to mean. Um, We're all going to be uh, just like skeletons. Just so, so what do you guys think of this one? I thought this movie smacked. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really liked this movie a lot. Yeah. No, um, it's um, it, in I've never we we have never seen. The show, never, I've ne- I've never, never listened, listened, to, listened, to, listened to the cast recording. What is your experience um, with, with this show? I have not seen the show live. I have seen um, just like uh, amateur recordings on YouTube. Gotcha. And then I've, seen, I've listened to the cast recording. I like, I knew most of the soundtrack mm-hmm. um, like by heart. And I knew every song. How, so how, I know I'm a fan of the musical. How well do you think it translates to uh, stage? I think it's a very, very faithful translation. Okay. Um, I think that... Some things were adjusted to work better for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, the runtime of two twenty is is kind of long, but the a little mo- bit, yeah, for a movie, yeah. So they kind of shaved off some things that because I feel like in the Heights is like an ensemble. It's an ensemble piece. Like yeah. it's all these people's struggles and how like living here like has affected them, mm-hmm. um, their personal struggles, and it really undermines like. The examples I can think of off the top of my head are, like, specifically in the character of Kevin Rosario, Nina's dad. Yeah. He runs the cab service, and mm-hmm. he um, wants to provide for mm-hmm. Nina. And Nina's off at Stanford. Jimmy Smith's Bail Organa himself. So in, good. In the movie. He is very He's good. Very good. And it's good to see him in stuff. Like, I, yeah. I, he hasn't really been in a whole lot. And it, it made me mad because of how good he was and how much I enjoyed his performance. He has a solo in the musical... That's basically, and they kind of cover it, and there's like a scene where Nina and him are in a diner, and he's like, don't tell me what we can afford. Mm -hmm. He has a whole, like, solo about how, like, he feels like now he's trapped in this vicious cycle his family's been caught in for years, where he can't afford to, like, help his children rise above what they're, quote-unquote, destined to. And I feel like it kind of undermines his character. There's some tension between him and Benny, because Benny isn't Hispanic. Sure, and, and, you, and you feel like they should have kept some of that. I yeah. feel like definitely it adds a lot to... it. I feel like it kind of adds a lot to the experience as mm-hmm. a whole, mm-hmm. to just have all these, like... I, I would say, if, if we're talking about bad, like getting bad stuff out of the way, stuff we didn't like, I would say the movie is a little scant on really, like, hard-hitting emotional impact. Like, sure, there are some, like, sad scenes and mm-hmm. stuff, but I, I kind of agree, I think. Based on what I know about the show and everything, there's... there's um, Lots more stuff that's 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 kind of added. Apparently, like uh, Abuela has much more has a lot more to do in the stage show. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it, and she doesn't. Uh, spoilers for In the Heights. We're gonna get into spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So the character of Abuela is uh, she's kind of like the matriarch of this of this neighborhood. She's basically adopted all of this. Everyone in this neighborhood. Everyone loves her. She, all, she always wanted kids. She mm-hmm. never had kids. So the whole neighborhood are the, her kids. Uh, the actress's name. Uh, I, I, I have Olga. Yeah. Um, pull up here. Let's find that. Uh, Olga Meredith. Yeah. She original Broadway actress. Yes, original Broadway. Terrific actress. in this. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand in the show, she the lottery win is in like it's in the first. It's act. in the first act. It's in the first act. She doesn't die at the blackout. No. She dies like halfway through act two. Yes. So she has a little more yeah direct involvement mm-hmm. with the story. Also. Um, her Pacencia Ife song uh, is that the Patience one where it's like the flashback? Yeah, and, but that's and... in the first act when she really? finds out she wins the lottery. Spoilers for In the Heights, obviously. Okay. Um, how does that how does that play? I wonder because in the movie it's more of a, a twist. Who, who won the lottery? Well, like it's more what am I going to do with this lottery? Ticket? Okay, gotcha. Well, because in the 
Because in the stage show, isn't Usnavi like he needs the lottery money to get to the Dominican? Like he's relying on that money. And in this, it's more like he doesn't need that money to do it. He gives it to uh, Sonny to get, yeah, to get a I'm green pretty, card. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's I'm, the... I'm pretty sure in the stage show, the plot like hinges on him getting that money. You, like, I think the Sonny plot is new. It, really? I'm pretty sure it's new. Hmm. Do you know if... Um, if the stage show is like Hamilton, where where the stage show is basically nothing but the songs. No, the there's there's dialogue. There is dialogue it's, in this it, one. It, the, the same person who wrote the book for the show also wrote the script for. The yeah, movie. I'm I was sure gonna we'll get into that in a second. I was gonna get to that, um, but if you guys want to speak on that, uh, well, just I don't know. I I don't know if we'll get into the musical numbers in a bit, but just there's so much care and attention to detail put in the musical numbers. Like you can tell like John M. Chu and the performers are really giving it their all. Mm. It's kind of the in-between scenes where the movie starts to lose me a, a, just, yeah. just a little bit. Where I, where I think, I think um, these, these in-between dialogue scenes kind of show John Chu's um, weakness as a director. Mm-hmm. It's when he has to really buckle down and focus on these emotional beats. Yeah. It's kind of shot, you know, shot, reverse shot, shot. Yeah. It, it becomes more of a generic drama. But, the dialogue's a bit... But at the same time, iffy. it's... At the same time, it's like, I understand being like... Like, alright, like, 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 kind of put... I don't know. Like, it's still... The, the style is still there. Yeah. But the style, I don't know, it doesn't translate well to those, like, just kind of talking, like... And none of us have mentioned the biggest weakness of this film, and that's the character of Vanessa. Yeah. She is a wet blanket I think character. that's just the... That's just in the heights. Like, I think she... I agree, but it's still an issue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, um, for sure. Um, she... Interrupts every like Such high a buzz energy kill. song with, with like her, some, her woe is me her sad like oh yeah I'm gonna be a fashion designer like shut up like what did I say to you in the theater oh uh Vanessa's just Nina minus the interesting yeah. <laughs> like, you're right Nina was interesting uh, Co- um Corey Hawkins Benny and Nina's uh, romance is so much more compelling than yeah. Usnavi and Vanessa's yeah I think like honestly. You probably didn't... Vanessa doesn't really even need to be a character in the show. Usnavi doesn't need a romance. He already has a conflict because, and like, a goal. Like, like, it's like it's attempting to connect us like because he's connected to the Dominican, mm-hmm. uh, Usnavi, and Benny has that whole thing. Yeah. Nina, Nina is basically... She's super smart. She went off to college, and it basically didn't work like out. She got, like, and, every, she, and everyone's expecting so her now to she's, succeed. She's felt like she's let down her community by dropping out, and she yes. comes back. And like... And her and everyone is under the impression, like her. That's the conflict with her and her dad. Is her dad is like under the impression that she's fine and everything, and she's like, yeah. I don't know how to tell him about about that all this. That is infinitely more interesting than Vanessa not having the credit score mm-hmm. to get an apartment. She works a lot better in the musical, um, because right. the musical doesn't. The musical doesn't show where Usnavi ends up. It's only that he made the decision to stay. Okay. And so Vanessa is just sort of there as like the independent yeah. character, okay. and they might have a future together. You know. Yeah, it's it's a little more it's a little more ambiguous. It's open ended. I will say I think the framing device in the movie is really clever. I think that's something they only could have done in a film, mm-hmm. like and not on stage. I do think the the payoff of it as well because I was really iffy with on it. But for a while. but that's the whole point. Like I think you're supposed to be kind of like. What's going on here? Like, especially if you've seen the show and like you, you, you I know, was like, he did they change leave. the did they change yeah. the whole plot? Because yeah, that was what I liked about the. Well, okay. In terms of like the script, I thought that was a really clever change. No, I agree. The, the Ch- Ch- I just 
that framing device thing. Charlie pointed out, I think we got spoiled with the good child actors in a quiet place. Part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, I, I was like, to be found here. I was like, I think we used up all of our good They're child actors. They're not in it that much, though. But, but yeah, they are, no, they, yeah. they are not. They're uh, cute, though. They, you know what? They are very cute kids. I agree. Listen, I, if your kid isn't going to be an a-, a good actor, at least make them adorable, you know? That's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. Um, no ugly bad acting kids in my in my in the heights. If we're yeah, but but let's get more into the good now because there's a yeah, lot that's, of good. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the, all the um the, the there there are some several standout musical scenes. The musical oh God, scenes yes. in this are so some of the best put to film this side of Chicago. I I have thought about ninety six thousand insane the choreography and like in the heights is not really like a big like like dancey show I feel like but this one really kind of goes in on all like like these big like large ensemble choreography numbers which I think is like a cool kind of um oh what's the word I'm looking for like they're they're using their resources well here like now yeah. that they have the budget and the, and the and the resources to have like these huge numbers they really go the, in all of it the the only issue I could come up with, with for some of the musical numbers is I think it's maybe just a personal preference thing mm-hmm. They sometimes cut a bit too much when I want to see the dancing because I'm sure. just someone who like likes to see mm-hmm. the whole dance. It's I think it's just a personal preference thing. Sure. But um, no, there's definitely some frantic editing here and there in the movie. But John M. is going nuts with the <laughs> He's getting just as excited. But I but I wanted to see the dancing because the choreography is for great. sure. It's um, awesome. The opening number is really good. Oh, I love the opening number of this show. I love it. Um, the shot through the window when um, he's like yeah. watching everybody dance. Yeah. It's so like uh, one, it's, it's at like, one perfect shot. Am I right? It's like symbolic to like how like it's this like lot full of dreamers and like. He's like wanting something more, but mm-hmm. like life is still moving like, on. Like in there's, the there's, a, there's a literal yeah. and metaphoric. He's he's literally and metaphorically looking through a window. Yeah. Vi- vi- through. Oh, we'll get to that movie. Don't oh, you God. don't you worry your ass about that. Uh, visually, I think one of my favorites is Abuela's last song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is aw, It looks great. If we're talking about um, vocalists, I think Corey Hawkins he steals, steals, it. steals it for sure. He he is the best performer in the movie, acting, singing. What like, about Lynn, dude? Lynn definitely was the best singer. It's Lynn's best vocal performance he's ever That's given. That's not saying anything. I, well, yeah, the bar is not very high. Um, Corey um, Hawkins is great. Corey Hawkins I, is, is he was my I favorite. This, I said this to you before the movie started. I'm like, I don't think they used Corey Hawkins' voice. Do you in think the they just it was just Chris Jackson from they, the? Yes. Oh, uh, Chris Jackson's cameo as the as the, <laughs> the Mr. Softy guy is really uh, funny. Very. Funny. That's very. Funny. What a great cameo. Um, I, but yeah, like you said, Lynn Lynn is fun with this. He he's the Piragua guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I don't think there's really a weak performer in the bunch. Like, uh, in terms of acting, Vanessa's okay. Like, She's I, fine. Again, like, I just don't think that role is very... I, I honestly, that role... But, um, what's, what's her song? Her big solo. Uh, I Won't Be Long Now. That, I like that, I really like that song. And that's, and that's like, well, it's just, it's, it's less believable when that's the only time she has that, like, fierce energy. Yeah. Because I feel like they kind of cast it, like... Nina and Vanessa usually have like different types. I mm-hmm. feel like, and they kind of casted the same type of actors. Kind of interchangeable, almost. Yeah, ex- and that, and I wouldn't say that about the character inherently. No, I was yeah. just saying that about the like in the in terms of the movie. Yeah, and Vanessa, yeah, yeah. They the, the, just the not movie almost treats the characters like the same. Like, like, oh, they're they're women, so they're intercha- interchangeable. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's a little bit of that. There's there's not enough distinction between them. I agree. Really. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think um it won't be long now is better than Breathe though. Oh, it's great. Personally, it, it was great. I not, not even just like the sequence in the film. I just prefer the song. Yeah, I, don't I do too. Breathe. Yeah, Breathe is it's 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 okay. It's just generic. It's, it might be my least favorite ballad in the film. Um. Um. 
I do. I really like uh, Nina and Benny's uh, dance on the side of the building. Oh, uh, what, what is what is that one oh, called? When the sun goes down. Yeah. Oh, that one is so gorgeous. That that and Abuela's death were the two moments that kind of got me a little worked up. Like I those, was, those I think are the two most emotional. I think, Abuela's worked for me. Yeah. yeah. I think when I decided like, oh, this is a really like I really like this movie uh-huh. was my favorite song in the show. Um. Well, my actual favorite song in the show is really stupid. It's Benny's Dispatch number. Oh, shit. But my other favorite song is When You're Home. Mm. And I was just, like, captivated by, like, they're running through the streets and, like, everyone... Like, I don't know. It was just... It it just pulled me in. For sure. And it was... I also just, like, was like, oh, my God. It's, like, so nice to be in in a theater again with my friends watching In the Heights. No, absolutely. Like, I think this is very very much... It's a movie. It's it's a... Go see it with, like, friends. Like, this is a movie all about, like, community and family and friendship. Like, this is about... Like, you go see this with your ride or dies, man. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what this is all about. I wanted to comment on... You said In the Heights. In the Heights, it's like Hamilton. It has its dance moments, but it's not, like, a dance show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This had... I feel like it had those dance moments, but... It was a blockbuster. Exactly. It was on a blockbuster scale. For sure. Like, it, it, it had them because it could. And it really does, like, el- like elevate kind of when you see all these people, like, come together for these massive, like, numbers and stuff. It kind of drives home the theme of, like, togetherness and, and community and stuff like that. Um, what else have I? I feel like we're... Oh! We absolutely haven't talked about Anthony Ramos. Oh, he's awesome. He's, great. he's really good in this. He's so um, good. I think... Either you or you pointed it out. The, the one issue is that... His role is not written for a particularly good singer. It's written for Lin it's Manuel. It's written for Lin Manuel, so he doesn't really get an opportunity to really show off his singing chops. Yeah, and at his all. singing chops are Anthony Ramos is a fantastic beautiful. singer. Um, but, oh he, God, but he's yeah. really good. He's really the only. Like, um, if we're talking about other Lin Manuel musicals, Hamilton being like mostly rap, Usnavi's really the only character who really raps in this. Like he's he's. Sunny a little bit, I guess. For Lynn. Benny, yeah. Benny a bit. Benny a bit. But if we're talking about like like that's because he kind of serves as like he's the protagonist, but he's also kind of the narrator yeah, a little your, bit. He's your window he, into this, yeah, into this story. Which is why I think it would work better if he didn't have the romance. If his only conflict was getting to the Dominican, and he kind of like was was more your voyeur. No, into I definitely this world. agree with you. I agree. And Benny and Nina is the romance that you invest no. in because then you can give more. Because if Vanessa wasn't in it, then you could make Jimmy Smith a racist, right. and it would be more uh, the character. The, obviously, yeah. And then the show, the show kind of. <laughs> I feel like the show definitely kind of does that again. With with theater, it's hard to say because every direction is different. Mm. All the actors play it different ways, yeah. so it's kind of hard to say objectively what they were going for. Yeah, but like. It, it is kind of played that way. Vanessa mm-hmm. doesn't have as much... And I'm not <laughs> trying to knock... like, But Vanessa's... You don't feel like Vanessa's end goal is to be with Usnavi. You actually believe yeah. that her end goal is to make a name for herself in New York and get out I of I just don't really buy it. And their chemistry is just not... It's not what, great. What was Dom's review on Letterboxd? Uh, Anthony Ramos is too in love with his actual li- wife. To have any chemistry with Vanessa. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what he said. Um, I had a point, but it's gone. Yeah, no, Anthony Ramos is really good, though. He 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 carries... The, he is... Honestly, I would love to see him in more stuff. I think he's a very capable leading man. And he's going to get more stuff from this. I mean, dude, honestly, if this if this makes... If this ends up making its money back, I, we'll get a Hamilton movie in the next five years. I guess the last point I want to make is... <laughs> It doesn't give a fuck what these three white boys think about this movie. No, it doesn't. It's so fucking important for the Hispanic community. And I've seen so much, like, 
um, I've seen so many pieces written by Hispanic uh, Latino uh, writers online, and and those are who you should be it's, listening to. It's good enough to where our critiques in the grand scheme of things don't really matter. Like I think it's just a miracle that a musical about a mostly per, like a cast of mostly people of color got adapted into a massive like Broadway blockbuster. Yeah, like that in itself is a win for everyone. I agree. I yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think if it's like a hot Sunday afternoon and you're just looking for a movie to watch with some friends, throw this on. It's on HBO Max. It's so good. Um, yeah, just talking about it makes me want to watch it again. Uh, I'm going to watch it again for sure. Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely one I'm going to come back to. Charlie, uh, you've listened to the show. Yeah. You know our score system, 1 out of 10. It's usually pretty simple. Uh, we'll give you the first swing here. Where are you? What, what, what are you feeling on In the Heights? Um, 7.8. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, just about. Uh, uh, no, I'm I'm at a seven. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I think I'm I'm maybe a little closer to Charlie. I'm gonna say yeah, seven and a half. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. I, I think it's it's so solid. It's so fun. A few mishaps here and there. Some weird choices with the editing. But the script, a fun time. The script isn't amazing or anything. A bit too long. A bit too long. But all those flaws, like when it when it comes to what the movie does right. All those flaws don't really hamper. It the does whole so experience. much right. It does so much just, right. Just brimming with so much heart. Like uh-huh. it's a movie that puts a smile on your and, face. And you think you think uh, people who enjoy the the show will, will they'll love this movie. And people who haven't seen the show will also love this movie. Good. I agree. That's well, in the heights. That is in the heights. But so, so in preparation for in the heights, we all picked a. Um, we all brought in a. Uh, well, we, we were going to watch. Uh, we were thinking uh, other Broadway adaptations, right? Um, and and we had to narrow it down a little more than that. So we said last twenty. We were years. thinking. We were thinking newer ones. I'm sure West Side Story will go back and yeah, or so, or maybe another one. Merrily we roll along when that comes out in thirty years. You can get West Side Story well, uh, when the new one comes out. True. Well, do, do you know about Merrily we roll along? Yeah, they're recording R- it. They're Richard, doing the Boyhood. Fucking Richard Linklater. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. For I that. didn't know that the Before trilogy was like that. Yeah, I didn't like. I just. Assumed, Every nine years. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, we each uh, picked a musical to bring in and for the three of us to discuss. I think we're just going to do in chronological order. Sure. So, so let's start with Jordan's pick. Uh, Ooh, Jordan's pick. I picked <laughs> possibly, possibly the best translation from Broadway stage to screen. Not only in this century, in history. And that is Rob Marshall's Into the Woods. No, I'm kidding. It's Chicago. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Chicago. Um... Boys, when I tell you this movie fires on all cylinders and does not let the fuck up for the entire runtime, I mean that shit. This movie fucks. There this are, movie's this so movie good. Fucks so hard. There's there's people out there that are like, the pianist should have won Best Picture. Fuck you and fuck Roman Polanski. Are you know what? Me? You know, people that say that. Okay, I'm gonna put this on record. People that say the pianist should have won Best Picture over Chicago, cry about it. Yeah, yeah cry like me, little baby. I've seen a lot of like, oh, Chicago didn't deserve Best Picture. Cry about it. Like, cry about it. Like, That's all I'm gonna so say. Good. This movie's awesome. Rob Marshall directed the fuck out of this movie and then never made anything good again. <laughs> I. Um, I've heard. We'll I've get heard, to that. I've heard Mary. No, Pop- yeah. <laughs> I've heard Mary Poppins Returns is okay. Oh, it's he, did, good. he did. He did. I like. Didn't he? Uh, never yeah. mind. Right, never well, mind. He never made anything good until Mary Poppins Returns. That was his return. Um, <laughs> it just should have been called Rob Marshall Returns. Um, yeah, so um, let, uh, give us a plot rundown. All right, Jordan. plot rundown of Chicago. So where Chicago concerns Roxy Hart, she is this young aspiring. Uh, she wants to, she wants to be like like a vaudeville kind of like jazz artist, like very like she wants to be a star. She wants her names up name up in lights. 
Uh, she gets involved with this guy, Fred Casely. She's cheating on her husband with this guy. And he basically tells her, like, Oh, yeah, you know, if you sleep with me, I can get you an audition or whatever. Turns out he's bullshitting, he's lying her. In a fit of emotional passion, she ends up murdering him and gets sent to the Cook County Jail, where she is uh, awaiting her trial for murder. While she's waiting there, she comes into contact with lawyer Billy Flynn, who is this uh, this big shot? Like uh, uh, I think he, I think his his whole thing is he he defends like like women defendants, like because they're like he's never lost a case for a for a woman in a in, a in the thing, but he's he's like you know slick and, and and shit like that. And basically, the movie becomes about him building her defense and kind of turning her into this big like celebrity that kind of like sweeps everyone up and uh and they kind of get swept in the 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 mysticism of everything kind of kind of losing sight of the fact that she's a a, a terrible criminal right but it's all about like thematically it's all about like sense i tried to say this word when we were watching it sense oh my god sensation sensationalism it's all about sensationalism but yeah thematically it concerns like sensationalism and how we kind of make celebrities out of these like terrible people and stuff Mm -hmm. um it, so the cast, uh, Roxy is played by Renee Zellweger. While she's there, she has interactions with another uh, jazz Velma. performer, Velma Kelly, who is played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, who also murdered uh, her sister, who was cheating on her husband. Billy Flynn's played by and Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. Uh, her husband, uh, Amos Roxy's, who she's cheating on, is played by John C. Riley. The matron of the prison is played by Queen Latifah. This cast is absolutely stacked. Sexy, sexy cast. And they all do so Oh my good. god. Who, who is... Uh... Did Queen Latifah get nominated for an Oscar? Queen Latifah did get nominated. So everyone but only, Richard Gere. Everyone but Richard Gere got we'll nominated talk about for this. this movie. For sure, for sure. I guess we'll break it down... Uh, Cast by cast, uh, Renee Zellweger, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. They're awesome. They're, they're, they're amazing. They're awesome. Maybe both of their best performances. I ever. agree. Um, like Renee Zellweger just captures this like. So you said it like in the middle of the movie. You were like, "Oh yeah, we're not supposed to like her." Yeah, I was like, "I don't like Roxy," like, but, but, but she's that's like, her. That's that's the point. Right now, I, she is she's the a worst. bad person. She is the she's worst. terrible. Um, but she's like, I don't know. She captures this like. She's adorable and like personable, but she's like she's like slimy kind of like she's very conniving. Like, we've all met a Roxy Hart. Like, we've all we, we all know a bitch like Roxy Hart. Like what I said, what I said to you, I was like, if this took place in modern times, she would be a social media influencer. Right. Absolutely, she'd be a so, fucking YouTuber. She's so, she's so obsessed with people noticing her and like fame. Like that's all she wants. She, she's going to she's willing to go through to any length. She's Jake Paul to get. A, She's willing to. She's l- willing to literally lose the only person sticking by her side, her husband, mm-hmm. in order to get a five minutes of fame. Yep. So, uh, yes, she. Yeah. Um, Richard Cap- Gere. Oh, I was gonna. Catherine, I was gonna talk about Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah. but Richard Gere is great. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones earns the fuck out of that Oscar. Oh my she- god, she's so good. I love Richard Gere, but I think Catherine Zeta-Jones might give the best performance. When I think of when I think of Chicago, I, I think of Catherine Zeta-Jones. You think of Catherine Zeta-Jones really as Velma Kelly. Man. She just one of the most iconic performances of the last twenty years, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, she like in terms, of, I'm pretty sure it's all them doing their own dancing, doing and their own singing. singing. Yeah, like sure. it's so the uh, the number in the prison. It's like right before the first act ends. Which, uh, I can't do it alone. Yeah, where she's just desperately trying to get Roxy on her side. She's doing backflips and yeah. shit. I love it. And that. it's just like just watching Catherine Zeta-Jones do all that. I'm like, 
This would be CGI today. Like, you yeah, know, they, they just don't make them like they used to. Like, no, it'd be edited to shit. Yeah, it's just, oh, Rob Marshall, man. Like, he, like, there, it's infused with so much style. There's a lot of, like, frantic editing, but it's so precise. It is, like, there's, there's intention he to it. He knows exactly what to show and when. And I, I, I wanted to make this point about In the Heights, but I'll also make it here, is he knows how to make every number visually distinct. I was going to say that about In the Heights as well. Like, every no- every single number has a new setting, uh, a new gimmick, like, that 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 makes it stick in your mind. Like, yeah. you remember, like, oh, that song's the, the like, 96,000. That's the pool scene. Uh, right. Both reach for the gun. That's giant Richard Gere with the puppet, puppet you know? Yeah. Like, like they, they really... Yeah. The creativity put in the setup for these numbers. Um, I think the change, putting all the musical numbers in Roxy's head, mm-hmm. is genius. Yeah. Like, that... That bridges the gap between reality and musical yeah. perfectly because yes. on, because on stage it's a lot easier to suspend your disbelief and just kind of buy that these people are singing at one another. We'll, we'll get to that with end of the world. Yeah, honestly, uh, um, that and I don't think that putting them in Roxy's head. Mm-hmm. I I prefer this as a movie. Rather than a stage show. Listen, I didn't want to say anything. I've seen the show on Broadway. Uh huh. I. I'm inclined to agree. I think, I, think, it, I think this movie works better than I the stage think, show. I think the movie... This, this is why I think this is the best Broadway adaptation. It's because people prefer because it. Because it's one of the few adaptations I can think of that I'm like, yeah, I would rather watch this than the stage show. No, now. I... and I, and I, I You're I'm, never going to get a better cast than this. I'm going to be killed by the <laughs> yeah, yeah, musical Wait, theater. is that a red dot on yeah, your end? But <laughs> Charlie, get down! No, this... I think yeah. this movie... Is the best adaptation of Chicago. It grabs a hold of your collar and never lets you go. It like, does it, it just, better than the stage show it does. It really does. Because of that, Tay Diggs as the band leader, oh, it's so leading us into so all these musical awesome. numbers. Uh, yeah. he, like so, like sly and cool. Yeah, like the stage show is, it's good. Like, but I don't know. Like something about the way the stage show is paced feels a little checklisty. Yeah. Like because there's there's I don't think there's any dialogue in the stage show. If there is, it's very minimal. It's like, song like there's to song. Very, no, very it's so, I'm pretty sure it's song to song. But it's mostly like song to song in the stage show. That's shows. strange. So it kind of just like just Right, it doesn't work as well. Um this movie was uh the script for the movie was written by another Bill, Bill person Condon. who would go on to direct musicals, Bill Condon. Um which I'm surprised at that he wrote such a good script. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't my, mean to steal away from no, 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 performances, but, but my my experience. This is kind of the structure. We yeah. kind of, we, we kind of just jump around. It's okay. like, my experience with this film, I I had seen it years ago. Mm-hmm. I I remember liking it. Yeah. And for like the first twenty minutes, I was like, "This is good." I think Jordan might have overhyped it a bit. From cell block tango to the end. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like banger after banger. Yeah. It's so good. I it's think my thing but bangers. I think my favorite number is definitely Both Reach for the Gun. I think that was where oh, I was man. like, so I, good. I don't know if I can put anything above Cell Block Tango. Cell Block Tango, man. It is one of the best edited and performed sequences. That like five minute sequence could win Best Picture on its own. We paused it afterwards. Like <laughs> We got exhausted. Like we had to like catch our yeah, breath I, and shit I, after I, that. I, yeah. Um, I love I love Mr. Cellophane. Mm-hmm. Oh, John that, C. Riley's really good in this. Very He's, good. He, he plays. Uh, Is Rob- he better than Richard Gere? No. Debatable. No. no. The baby, but you know it's the <laughs> baby. Let's go. Let's get the baby. Should have been in go. Chicago. <laughs> Um, um, but no, he's not. He's not better than Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Well, and Richard that, Gere just has more to do. But that court scene, man. Yeah, where he's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a tap dance. Where he's, uh, where that's he's, he's so kinda, good. Oh my god. The third act really does kind of rest on Richard Gere's shoulders. Yeah, like, he, he kinda, carries that third act. You, you like seeing like the gears work in his head as mm-hmm. he like 
And I think that's a testament to his performance. He really like yeah, like you can like he's really acting it. Like you can tell like he's thinking everything through. Like just how to play these fucking people. There, the whole third act is basically the trial yeah. where they're in this courtroom and and uh, Billy Flynn obviously not a very good. Well, he's a good lawyer, but he's not a good lawyer. Yeah, he's not an honest. He's lawyer. he is playing these people like a fiddle he's left a, and he's right. He's a Saul Goodman lawyer. He yeah. is. He really is. For sure. um, oh. I just thought about Bob Odenkirk in Chicago, and I'm like, okay, all right. Maybe for the remake in 10 years, but... Um, but yeah, no, he is just... His performance is, is kind of unreal in this. It's really good. I think my favorite thing about his performance is... He's so... In, in, in the... Ladies and gentlemen, a tap dance. Yeah. He's so impassioned. Yeah, exactly. And then and then she wins, and he doesn't yeah, give he's like, all right, two on. shits. He's like, all right, on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's, it's just a job for him. Like... It, it, it does wonders for like the commentary and like the thematics. For the sure, like, trying to... like it's like it's it's commenting on like the justice system. Like again, like the minute like, the one celebrity criminal yeah, is out, yeah, like, and like, care. like yeah, and just like so people we hold to a pedestal in general. The, it's like oh, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. The movie knows exactly when to raise the stakes. That chilling hanging scene mm-hmm. on overcut. I Rough, love the so way they do. Good. I fucking love the way they execute. And it's like, like again, like yeah. like everything they do ties back to the theme. Like the one innocent person, like that you know is innocent. Be, like being the only one who gets killed. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, like that's or the only one who's executed. Right, yeah, and, it, and it and it ends with the two horrible people using the horrible things they did as 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 a, as a as, springboard for them to get even more famous. Like, isn't it? This is just. This is like. Um, this is America. What I'm, don't get you slipping up. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this is like still relatable to like what's going on today with social media. I think honestly. this movie has aged fantastically like it's only gotten better since since coming out i think um but i agree like it really like all these like these influencers and shit who are just trying to like scrape up to the top and everything it like doesn't this. matter what ho- it doesn't matter if it's in- if it's in- if in- um in- if they're becoming infamous mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they do. it doesn't matter if it's the 20s or the 20s the 1920s wanted, or the 20s they just want the headlines about them yeah um um and what, what else? What else? What else do we need to touch the on here? Pacing, so so excellent. one of the best edited musicals, mm. maybe movies. Just just something about like the way it's cut. It's like it's like frantic, but in an, in an engaging no, way. No, like in a way that you're like, what's, what's going to go on? What's going to happen? It just like, moves. It just moves um, every beat. Every and every number is staged so well. I would say Rob Marshall really knows how to shoot a musical number, but he really knows how to shoot these musical numbers. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about that. Like we said, Cellblock Tango, Cell Block Tango, just that song is a snowball. Um, like it starts out like like uh, when she's laying in the cell and the guard is walking by and he's, and he's like stepping on her feet and, and the like, wa- and then like the girls and then come Tay, out. Tay Diggs comes in. Uh, you're like, and then, oh and then, shit! And then, and, then, and then when the ladies all get done with their stories and the fucking curtain opens, you get the jailhouse rock thing in the yeah. background. Oh my god, uh, dude, just thinking about I could watch this movie again right now. I would too. The, the the pacing, it's not only it's not only movie pacing, it's like the pacing of each song. It the is. Cre- it all they all hit a crescendo. Like they all have this fucking point where they just where like all the vocal layers are just This, yeah. this is one of my favorite musicals, like the stage show too. It's top five musicals of all time for me. Uh-huh. So I I I do have like a personal attachment to you, a lot you of these songs. You mentioned I don't think there's a Broadway show with more memorable songs. I don't like, I don't think so. Like you could bigger. sing any song from this show and people would know. Oh, it's Chicago. Like yeah. in terms of just iconic track after iconic track, 
I, I don't really know anything that compares that isn't fucking Disney or whatever. No, you know? I agree. Like, um, Queen Latifah's really good. I think awesome. this is her first, like, big, like, dra- quote-unquote dramatic role. Like, I think before then she'd but only... She's, yeah, she's She's really good. I her, song, her song is awesome. <laughs> the gag where, uh... Catherine Zeta-Jones walks in and she's got her hair fucking done up like Roxy. Yeah, I- <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, her song's really good. Um, uh, the If You're Good to Mama or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just... I, I don't know. I don't even know what more I can say about this movie. It, it really just... No, they got... smacks front to back. Fantastic. Perfect cast, perfect crew. Like... <sighs> I, I, listen, I'm... Ooh, uh, you giving a raid? Nine... Point seven. It's like I don't I I don't know if a ten exists. You know what I mean? Truly, I give, give a couple movies, a but ten. like, man, this is a, this is as close to one as I think a, a Broadway music like musical adaptation yeah. has ever gotten. Like I don't mm. I can't think of a Broadway musical adaptation that just understands its source material better than the stage show but it also like elevates the source material yeah, like everything yeah. it brings to the table and all the stuff it does that it can only do in a film like um uh the Roxy number the it's it's not the act one closer but it's close to the end of act one where yeah. uh she's singing in front of all the mirrors and everything I Cell Block Tango might be my favorite number, but I think that number is the most visually interesting Incredible. one. With the, when her name, and yeah. it's just all and then black. And it goes and out like, when, when Lucy Liu comes in. Oh, I forgot about Lucy Liu. She's really good in this for like yeah, the five seconds. Yeah, for the five she's seconds in. she's in it. I was going to mention it. <laughs> but her. she's fun. Um, so, so you said 9.7? Yeah. 9.2. Yeah, that's that's that seems about right. I, yeah. I'm in love with this movie. I'm, gl- I'm glad you, I'm sorry, I don't have a good, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm glad you eventually warmed up to it. Honestly, my rating could go up too. Sounds like we're just gonna have to watch this one again, boys. Yeah. Um. Good on the entire crew for seeing the potential that the source material had mm-hmm. and using the medium of film to elevate that material. Like, like it's they're not just. Yeah. I, we'll get to Into the Woods. Yeah, but like, every jab we made, like it's, it's very pointed at at Into the Woods. With um, that, I say strong, confident nine and a half. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I like. I'm glad that we're all on the same ballpark. No, this movie. This movie's awesome. That, like um, Chicago is I, not even in my top like 20 musicals. It might be in my top 20 movies. Like, like this movie smacks. Yeah, honestly, this this is probably in my top 22. Um, yeah, this is a movie I've loved for years, and I'm just so glad I'm I'm finally getting <laughs> finally getting to talk about it. Um, yeah, I I, I, I negatives. I don't. Not, so, not that so, some, some of the CG. Sure. Like, but it's, it's it, there's like this movie's older than me. Exactly. The CG's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You said negative point at you were barely. No, 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 you're I'm like I'm like I'm trying to think. Like I agree. Sometimes like, the CG studio looks weird. Like the two CG shots are like one. Yeah, there is the one hey, really weird CG city hey, with like the winter. If we want to talk about movies with yeah. weird CGI cities, let's get into uh, let's get into Kyle's pick. <laughs> oh yeah. So I picked 2007's Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, directed by Tim Burton. I peel you, banana. banana. <laughs> um, this is my third time watching this one. Um, I think this is my second time watching this. This is probably my tenth time oh my watching this. I've seen this movie a ton. Um... And, and this one revolves around uh, a guy named Benjamin Barker. 
He's happy. He's got a he's got a wife and yeah, kid. He's got a hot wife. He's, you know, he's, he's and and this this creep bag judge named Judge Turpin. This, this douche basically um, makes up a crime, a false accusation, gets him kicked out of town, and uh, and takes his wife for him uh, for himself. Because yeah, he's a dick. Just and, so, and so Benjamin Barker returns many years later under going by the pseudonym Sweeney Todd and swears revenge on this man. He's He's a he's a barber and uh, he starts he starts killing people. Yeah, he does. He, 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 he do be killing people. He though. just starts stabbing. Yeah, he does. And, and that's kind of what I would say about it without spoiler. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, listen, listen, we we, we got into spoilers for sure. Um, this is one of the last good Tim Burton movies. This, this is, is top five. This is top five Burton, unquestionably. This is sure. top five Johnny Depp performances. Top, top five three. Johnny Depp. Top three. This is top. I was gonna say top one Helena Bonham Carter, but I don't love her in this movie. But we'll get we'll get to that. Um, um, this I I dig this movie. I think, I think this awesome. movie is solid. Oh, as fuck. I love this movie. I I completely agree. I'm. I think it has its flaws for sure. Definitely. I I think I'm a little more lukewarm on this movie than you guys are, but I think that might just be because I'm not the biggest fan of Tim Burton. Yeah, personally, but like his style. Just I haven't seen a lot of Tim Burton. I've seen Beetlejuice. Uh, Big Eyes, Batman. I think I've ca- I think I've caught some Miss Peregrine, like on TV or something yeah. or whatever. Just every everything from what I have seen. Oh, I've seen Alice in Wonderland. I've yeah. seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I've seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm forgetting about all these bride. fucking movies he did. Um, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is not great. It's not terrible, but. It's not it's a great, movie. It's not great. Yeah, it's kind of whatever. Uh, Alice in Wonderland is a fucking train wreck, start to finish. Um, I, I think I've seen Alice through the Looking Glass. I have not. That's actually I haven't. That either. is not Tim Burton. Tim Burton had the good sense not to do that. Yeah. One. Um. What was I gonna say? I think Alice in Wonderland is the movie. That is the that is ground zero for when Tim Burton and Johnny Depp both became parodies of themselves. That is the moment that people stop, like started you, making fun of them. You pointed out, you were like, holy shit, it's weird to see Johnny Depp giving a performance. A real performance. Like, I was so taken aback because I was expecting, like, oh, white face paint, like, goofy hair. he's good like, in this movie. He's, he's, I mean, he's the protagonist, he, so I don't want to say he's he doesn't, have, he doesn't have his, like, over-the-top No, it's, like, it's, it's very it's like underplayed. Like, he's very... No, like, this is... One of his more subtle performances, I would say, truly. I also think he gives a good vocal performance. I do. Good singer. It, it, it fits for this character. I, I don't think he's an amazing... Yeah, I don't think... It fits for the character. Sweeney doesn't really need to be an, an amazing singer. No, like, it was he, weird to hear... It, it was weird to hear Sweeney who wasn't this, like, oh, legit bass baritone. Nah. I don't like that interpretation of Sweeney. Exactly. I think Sweeney is I think better s- when he's a little... Because Turpin's a bass, his, so there's a little more, like... His, his raw, like, his untrained voice... Uh-huh. It... Fit so many of these. It fit that epiphany number better. Epiphany's so. It's good. so good in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, this movie. This movie really. Any issue I have with this movie is really just an issue I have with Tim Burton. Um, I, there's not really a lot about this movie specifically that irks me, except for Helena Bonham Carter. I really, don't know what, I like her in this. Movie. I, I like her. In this I movie. think she sings. She sings like a twelve-year-old. I don't think she's the strongest singer in the and world, I just, but I also think Miss Lovitz is a weird fucking character and it fits. I was watching, when we were watching the movie, I pointed out, I honestly think Sweeney and Miss Lovitz should have been played by older actors. Because that's kind of, uh, that, because that's kind of the, I don't know, he's been in prison for so long. Like, there was, there was a moment where they're talking and it's like, the dialogue kind of implies that they're older than they actually are. Yeah, I would like, not cast anyone other than Johnny Depp. As no, no, you're right. But uh, who, who, we were watching uh, 
I think I, we were watching Into the Woods and Christine Baranski came up and I'm like, oh, she would have been a good Mrs. Lovett. Uh, was she in all three movies we're talking about? She she's in not Ch- in Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah, no, she was. Um, she was in Chicago. She should have been in Sweeney Todd. We could talk about Mama Mia if you like. She's in that. No, thank you. No, I'm good. <laughs> you don't like um, if we're If we're getting into negative first. Sure, we'll, we'll get those out of the because, way. Because um, I think that the first 20, 25 minutes are a bit rocky. It takes a sec to get going. Like, I was actually watching it this last time and I'm like, do I like this movie as much as I thought? It's as soon as you get to the Sasha Baron Cohen scene. Once the plot like starts yeah, yeah. to get going, like then and there's a great like Chicago. There's a great build once you get to that yes, moment. The escalation of events is is really well. There's also realized. some definitely some dated mid 2000 CG again. City. A Tim Burton problem, I feel for sure. Um, it, it's weird enough that I don't like hate it, but it's certainly distracting a bit. Why does Tim Burton not do more rated R stuff? Because I think, again, like, with every problem I have with Tim Burton, the stuff I like about Tim Burton is turned up to, like, 100 here. He needs to do, Give him, like, Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Give him something, this like... This is a viscerally violent Get movie. him something. Oh, like, for sure. Like, why does he not do more rated R, like, proper horror? Like, I, love, I don't get it. I love the color they chose for the blood. Yeah, Because it's, it's so, a perfect it contrast to the desaturated color palette. Yeah. Um, it's just oh, there's that point where Sweeney, I think it's after he, uh, spoiler alert, after he kills Turpin, like his whole sleeve is like covered in blood, like just it, it looks red, like it yeah. just like it's. Um, we we talked about Johnny Depp being good. We didn't talk about Alan Rickman as the judge. <sighs> Alan Rickman's this dude, so good he in this. is great in this movie. Alan I I think he could have been in it a little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets. He's really good for when he's there. I just don't think the judge really has a whole lot to like do. Do yeah, you know That's what fair. I mean? Like he he just kind of walks around and is evil, yeah. and and he did something, but I don't know in, in terms of like a direct conflict to Sweeney. He doesn't even know who Sweeney is for most of it. Like. Yeah. Maybe if he found out who Sweeney was earlier on mm. and was kind of actively like working against him, like it would have made that conflict just a bit more interesting. But he is really good for what he has to do. He he, good singer. Yeah. Um, they cut a solo from the judge. Ah, uh, you know the one. I'm not cut. I'm not super familiar with the stage show, so I but I I kind of got that sense that I'm like I feel like the judge like because well, Al Rickman doesn't have a solo in it, and I'm like why did it's not actually get... the direction they take is he has feelings for Adriana and he's guilty about it see they could have given us some like Frollo it's, it's something action but right like, it's, it's but in this he's just kind of a creep bag like right through and through. He, it's, it's like he does he's like oh this yeah. is normal see, i don't like, care i feel like the implication there would be like maybe turpin like still has some good in him but like beetle is like fucking the, uh, who's the guy from lord of the rings you remember in two towers uh theoden he's all decrepit on yes, the throne yeah. and he's got oh, i forget the guy's name I don't but remember. he's in his ear and he's like talking and i feel like that's kind of more the relationship you could have established yeah. there but uh, I, I guess i don't know subtlety really subtlety and nuance really isn't let's talk about thing. sasha baron cohen oh he's so good he's so amazing fun. in this he even has like like into, for a point he's just hilarious yeah he's funny but then he has a point where, like, genuinely good acting where he, he turns that French character off and just immediately he, changes his yeah. voice he's, uh, and becomes threatening. He starts out as this, like, he's this Italian, uh, Pirelli, he's this Italian, like, snake oil salesman. He's trying to sell all these people, like, this hair color. Clearly a scam. Like, it's, yeah, he's clearly it's just, just peeing in a cup. Um, 
And so Sweeney Todd, upon returning from, he sent to Australia, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't that where they say he is? He challenges him to a to like a shave off, and he beats him, and that's where Sweeney Todd kind of first makes his name as a barber. Yeah. Like that's where people kind of first hear about. It. That's what gets uh, the Beatles' attention, which in turn gets, gets Judge Hurley's attention. attention. Yeah, right. Attention. And uh, and a couple days later, um, Pirelli shows up at Sweeney Todd's uh, shop. And then uh, there's a moment where he gets Sweeney alone, and he drops the whole Italian. Like you find out the whole thing is it's it's just an act, and he he, he like it's a very subtle change. He tries to blackmail. Um, yeah, because he knows Sweeney. He's because like his he used old, to work his old ward again. Yeah, I think this is also an issue with the age of the casting. I'm if I'm not mistaken, Sasha Baron Cohen might be older than Johnny Depp. <laughs> he, I think so. Like that and, was a bit. Weird. And it, it it tries to play it like he's young, like he was like his like a, like his assistant back in the day. Like right. was strange. So I'm like, okay, but again, that's just kind of that, that's not a huge issue. But mm. I think if you had maybe gone a little older with the parts, they would have played a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. Gotta appeal, gotta appeal to that hot topic crowd Timothy, though. I get it. Timothy Spall's a perfect cast. Timothy Spall is so good at everything he's in. Yeah. Um. He's such a creepy dude. He's so creepy. Like, sorry, Tim. I know you. I know you're a listener of the show. Sure, he's a nice guy. <laughs> like, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're swell and all, but man, um, are you a creepy and dude? I just can't get over this movie. Looks great. It really does. It, really it does. You said it when we were watching Despite it. It's almost black and white. Yeah. And that's what makes the blood pop mm-hmm. more. I think I was. I think we were talking about it. And I said I would watch a black and white cut of this, where like the blood is the only thing in color. Mm-hmm. I would. I would watch the shit out of that. I think there's uh, there's like moments I'm just remembering from like a visual standpoint uh-huh. when he cuts his his. We haven't even gotten to the wife thing. Yeah. When he cuts his wife's throat, and it's just that stream of blood uh-huh. that just appears down, like it just. A clean... the, the the reveal is that so. Uh, you you think he hears that oh he's, he's told by Helena Bottom, uh, Mrs. Lovett, uh, that his wife has died upon returning to London. Uh, throughout the movie, we see this crazy old beggar woman who kind of comes in and out. It's revealed later on that that is his wife, and she just went destitute and in poverty while he was gone, and he doesn't know that. So he just kills this old beggar woman, just kind of like fuck you, lady, like get out of my. He, he went off the deep end after he yeah. thought the judge was. And, and I also think his motivation for just being like. Well, I'm gonna kill everyone now. Is a little flaccid. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a little. It worked enough for me. I'm, I'm just like, like, I'm like, really? That's what made you snap? Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I maybe he is already gone. Yeah, though. it's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I guess maybe like something, just, just a little more like something. Yeah, I there think that this. Like... I, I, that was what I was gonna get to. I feel like a lot of, and it's not so much so like I don't think Chicago had that problem. In the Heights, kind of had this problem. Musical movies, they don't have an intermission. So sometimes the middles yeah, are just like just kind of don't like, really know what to do. Like we'll get into into the woods. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's like, <laughs> like don't worry, we'll get there. Like they really need something, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's mm-hmm. like okay, Epiphany, a little priest. That's the act one closer. Yeah, the people who when they decide to eat people, people who aren't familiar with the stage show. So you have time to sit on that. You're yeah. aware of this new motivation in the uh-huh. character. You're going to have time to okay, what are they going to do with this? And then it doesn't have kinda... this. It just there's nothing like. Outwardly propelling it, and I think, in the movie. and I just think again, like that might just be a Tim Burton thing because Tim Burton doesn't, re- Tim Burton doesn't do character characterization. All right, he, he does doesn't, killing. he doesn't concern himself with with trivial things like that. And again, like I know Tim Burton, I think he's going for a more style over substance thing here, and I think for the most part it works. Yeah, it's just some motivations and stuff just kind of lapse a little bit but not um, in like a movie breaking way it's just kind of like I just I wish there maybe would have been a little bit more mm-hmm. 
to kind of justify this, like, turn. Because he's not supposed to be a bad dude when he comes back. I'm sure he looks like a fucking creep, but Mrs. Lovett is the one who kind of... Mm-hmm turns him down this dark path like True. like he's he's just looking he just wants coming back to london he just wants to kill the judge mm-hmm. like all he wants is revenge for his wife maybe, maybe I mean, not maybe not even kill the guy maybe to just be fair in the first song of the boat he's like people did the shit that inhabits this world these fucking vermin yeah but yeah. listen <laughs> listen <laughs> um and that's not even speaking of that there's there's a subplot going on with uh, a kid named Anthony yeah he, he rides back with uh, with sweet they met on like the boat yeah um, and he runs across um, Joanna, who, who is, is Sweeney's daughter that has been raised by Turpin. He sees her in the window of her house. She's waving through a window. Yeah. <laughs> it's implied that it's implied that Anthony saved Sweeney's life in some way. Because there's a okay. line where he's like, "I'll not forget." Like, I was wondering why Sweeney really bountiful. like suffers this dude's like, like no, it, 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 it's like a one line thing. It's like especially when Anthony mm-hmm. uh, makes the judge get away. Yeah, I was surprised Sweeney didn't just kill him yeah. there on the spot. But I do, I do like how there those two plots eventually twa- intertwine. True, true. A- Anthony and Joanna, I feel like run the risk of being the most boring part of this this story, but they don't. They're they're, they're really not, good. Actually. I think yeah. it's because they get they give them just the right amount of screen time. They, they to don't move the plot forward. They don't overbear it or anything. Also, Joanna is one of the best tracks of yes. Her. It uh, gets stuck in my head. Yeah, a she lot. the actress who plays Joanna might be the best singer in this. She's got a lovely, she's a beautiful. Voice. She looks like a Tim Burton character she does. in the best way, in like the best a live way, action obviously. Tim Burton character. Yeah, like she could have been Frank and Weenie. Like, yeah. I, I, no, I was gonna say like Corpse Bride. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, another prop I will give this movie is just the 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 look of London is just so Grind. nasty. It, it looks like Sweeney's vision of London. Like, it really does. Yeah. I talked I talked about how visceral the violence is. I think one of my favorite scenes of violence in a movie is him stabbing Judge Turpin with a razor. <laughs> oh yeah, and then doing one last like throat swipe. Oh. So fucking good. Yeah, that is really uh, good. Um, I love. I mean, the ending is fucking brutal. He throws, throws Elena Bottom Carter into a fucking furnace. And then love, the little I, kid comes and bites him. One thing, one thing I did notice while watching it, I'm like, oh, they're literally just wrapping up all of their, like, plot lines. Like, like they're literally just dropping all of their conflict. The Beatle, his wife, Turpin. Like, like in the yeah. last, like, ten minutes, they're just dropping they all the conflicts one, in this movie. I like the ending better because it just ends with Sweeney bleeding out how does life. the show end there's like like joanna and anthony are like standing there too oh. and it's like like it's like the like there's like what like uh, what happened here i kind of like the i like that there's like yeah. yeah there's like in the in the stage show there's like a greek chorus-esque thing and they oh, like shit. and so they start the show with like it's like attend the tale of sweeney todd yeah and then it like happens again oh shit the, well it happens like eight times in yeah, the yeah, show, yeah and it ends with one of those and sweeney like gets back up and starts singing and i'm like no that like, motherfucker's no, that, dead he's a dead motherfucker like, yeah, yeah, yeah i think i do like the i ending. love i love the him. end the ending is better yeah, I love the visual of him holding his wife in the blood. Uh-huh. The blood. And then so Toby just <laughs> kills this dude. Yeah, and it's like, like you think, like he's holding. Like I think that moment is supposed to be like he's holding his wife, and you think like, okay, the cycle of violence is over. Like it's done. Like he's done everything that he did. And then, nope, Toby just fucking kills him, and it's like there it goes again. Like the cycle just continues. Do you Not- think? Do you think he was really angry that he died? Though is the thing. That's Toby? What I th- no, Sweeney. I think he. Was- no, he let Toby kill him. I, oh I, yeah, I, no, no. Yeah. But I'm saying, Toby, like, I'm saying the fact that Toby, this situation has made Toby a murderer, uh-huh. like, is yes. indicative of like this cycle of violence and crime. Like, right. it just 
Mm-hmm. Just when you think it's maybe like it's his reign of terror is over, yeah. Like, because I, I, at least my interpretation is that Toby is gonna go on and do the same thing yeah. Sweeney was doing. I, I think that, um, also, I think, and I mean, I don't necessarily have the I don't really love child actors. Mm-hmm. I think making Toby younger because Toby's normally played by like I was, like, I was saying that he's, someone he's, that someone like me, yeah, which is. I think plays a little better because this is love it kind of like hits on Toby a little bit. Yeah, like kind of comes on to him a little right. bit. Right, but it's I like, think playing him younger, it, I I think it works. It does it, because it works. It, it's this kid killing. This is not I like feel. a like a like a motherly. Yeah, I've never seen the stage show, so I don't know how it compares. But I do think it works, like in the movie, it especially works. with the song "Not While I'm Around." Mm-hmm. It works better with it I works better with the killing of Sweeney as well. Do you think that's the worst? That's song the fucking uh, that's really? that's the watch checker right there. Um, okay. I, I like that. It works I mean, like it's like it's fine, but it, I'm just like listen. I'm just saying, it, compared to some of the other tracks, "Epiphany's Great," "Pretty Women's uh, Great." We, we mentioned a "Pretty Women's Great." Uh, the, um, we I mentioned this. Holy shit, Sondheim did not have to go that hard on the instrumentals. The, no. or, the orchestra, it hits that fucking, I like, look. swell, the, the organs the going. The organ work in this, uh, the organ work, because he's stabbing people. I'll, 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 I'll work your organ. Oh my god. <laughs> um, um, no, it's 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 this, such a great instrumental. So many great I would say this or Into the Woods is probably my favorite Sondheim score. Yeah. I would say, yeah. just in terms of, like, like... It's just so, like the the kind of like the pattering and the and and the, like you know the the clever little wordplay. It plays better in Sweeney Todd when they're all like nasty Cockney people <laughs> and they're like oh you want a little place you know like like it, it, it works a little better in in this setting. I um I I, I think I was I, I was mentioning it just like like my biggest issue with Sondheim was I feel like some of his like all the scores kind of sound a little samey yeah but. I think this one plays it's to distinct. that style very well. Yeah. Like, like it works. Sweeney does not have the line though. Uh, it's your father's fault that the curse got placed and the place got cursed in the first place. So, uh, fucking bars. It is bar- the witch. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get, okay, we'll get to the end of the woods. Let's let's, let's finish Sweeney's on real quick. Um, I don't have much more to say. I think that this movie is is a bit rough around the edges at yeah, times. It's flawed, but but. I keep going back to it. Something it's, keeps pulling me it's back. It's a good time. Like it's it's definitely compelling for sure. Like, um. So I I I give it an eight out of ten. I think this is a uh, I think this is a very good movie. I'd probably give this one a seven and a half. I think this this one is like right on par within the heights for me. Yeah. In ter- in terms of enjoyment, like they they have their issues for sure, but I think in terms of like being being good solid adaptations of the source material. I think they do. They, they, they both both of those movies clearly understand the source material they're adapting. Yeah, uh, which is more than I could say for the movie we're about to talk about. Yeah, I would say on average, uh, my ratings are probably going to be a little higher than all of yours. Just That's fine. Yeah. Just based on like a, um, I would give it an eight and a half. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean that's that's totally fair. I yeah. absolutely. I think um, this movie's max. Yeah, yeah no, it's I think good, good I, I, I would give it an eight and a half, but I feel like you like this movie the most out of all of us, Kyle. I just write things differently. That's yeah. Fine. Oh, we all got our listen. Numbers are made up anyway. It's Literally, like, these numbers don't listen to our opinions. Like there are numbers. movies that I've given lower ratings that I like more, and it's just like I who cares? But yeah. and, uh, speaking of uh, people who didn't care, Rob Marshall directed another movie. <laughs> oh um, God. We did two Sondheims. We did two Rob Marshall. We did two Rob Marshall. So this is this is Charlie's pit. Why'd you pick this one, Charlie? Um, I'm going to be in this show this summer. That's Uh, right. And so I watched the movie, and I was like, okay, what do we have on the lineup so far? We have. You can totally plug that at the end too, if you want. (laughs) I was like, what do we have on the lineup so far? Chicago, 
a stage adaptation which I think translates the material better. Mm -hmm. Sweeney Todd, a thing that I think translates the material like, exactly the same. It's just as good as the stage show. I'm going to pick a mistranslation. There you go. And so I wanted to talk about Into the Woods. Give, give us a little plot yeah, rundown. Give, give us a little rundown. Oh boy, a plot rundown of Into the Woods. Okay, so it's all these fairy tales, right? We got the baker. Um, he wants a child, the baker's wife. They, they want a child. They've been trying to have a child for a long time, and they can't. Um, I'm just going to go with that plot and just... Yeah, like, that, I mean, that's, that's so really the main plot. This witch from next door like comes into their, their house and is like, you can't have a child because I placed a curse on your father. Completely unprovoked. Yeah, just like she just comes in. Yeah. She's like, I heard you wanted to have a child. I'm overhearing your conversation. Yeah, we're starting I'm, a musical I'm now. I'm Meryl Streep. <laughs> Why does Meryl Streep sound like John Mulaney? That's how, that's how she talks. I'm Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, but she's like, I placed a curse on your father because he stole beans from my garden. It's very fairy tale-ish. And I mean, we'll get, to, we'll get to why it works better in the musical than in the movie. But she's like, okay, you need to bring me these four items. It's like the cape as red as blood, the hair as yellow as corn, the slipper as like pure as gold, and the cow as white as milk. And... So the baker has to go into the woods to find. Ooh, there's oh, the you think like he has to go into the woods to find these four items and get them to the witch. Before. And, and they all kind of relate to other characters. They relate to who, who kind yeah. of all kind of all have their own we've, things. Yeah, going we've on. got Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. He has to sell his cow because his cow has no milk, and his parents or his mom um, and him are like starving. They have no food. Mm -hmm. Got Little Red who's going to visit Granny in the woods. You know where this is going. Yeah. Rapunzel. Rapunzel is locked in a tower also is the baker's sister Do they yeah mm-hmm doesn't really touch really. too much into that it mentions it once really yeah oh, yeah that is because like... she took the baby because the, the witch has that hot bar like that hot rap where she's like oh don't take away the baby they shrieked and but there's the yeah that is a reveal in the musical yeah. isn't it? they just don't do that they don't in the movie. Well, no, they, like, imply it, yeah. I think, but it's not... But, like, it shouldn't be implied. It, it, it's not, it doesn't it, matter. Sorry, but it, it's just not made abundantly yeah. clear Any, in the film. Yeah, and Cinderella wants to go to this ball or whatever. Um, or whatever. Yeah, I mean... And it's just... It's hard to do a plot summary of this No, show, no, this, this, like this is... Listen, talking about... Now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, God, this plot yeah, is... It's a billion... It's a billion different plots combined with, like, this metaphorical, like, what does the woods stand for in, like, yeah, all these different fairy tales lives. and shit. Um, um, so all these plots basically, like come to a conclusion they get all four of these things we find out the reason they needed these four things was to make a potion for the witch to become beautiful again um then shit goes basically hits the fan yeah right the uh, these magic beans that the witch were growing like grew bean it's so hard to describe the plot of this and so, then a giant comes down and they got to defeat the yeah giant, giant comes that, down that's act two they gotta fight and, this giant yeah basically like there's a happily ever after but not but no but is it yeah, yeah. and um uh, let's start with the good on this one. Yeah, because I don't know how we, to. I I, have, I feel like that was a bad plot. No, like, no, no. Summary, that's that's really pretty. Know. That's pretty much all of it. Like, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's start with the good because I feel like we gotta we gotta get into some shit in that. Performances I, were good. Some performances good. I think were good. Most of the performances are really Meryl good. Streep's I think great. I think Meryl Streep, Chris Pine, and Emily, Emily Blunt, Blunt are Emily the, awesome. the standouts here. Um, I love the music of this movie. Yeah, I think like like the songs at least like. 
conceptually mm. or how they were made in the show. Or... Not not from a visual standpoint, but like from from the music and yeah. like the singing. Mm-hmm. They're well translated. I, I, think I think that, and we'll get to this. I think that there was a couple numbers they should have just let the actors sing instead of doing dumb CGI shit. Yeah, I do, um, mean on the steps. The, of be- the, the best, the best, the um, best execution of anything I think we can agree was agony. Agony yeah, is but... the best number. Agony gets it's not like close. Agony gets. I gave I gave this movie an added star on my letterbox because of agony. It is the dreamy himbo number we all needed, and it directly matches the energy that the show goes for. The it actual is, stage it's, it's adaptation. It's the only number that understands like what the show is trying to accomplish. I completely agree. Uh, why I the completely fuck did they cut, Why the fuck did they cut no more? Because the, uh, that's the, the best. The, the Baker's big. That is the best song in the show. So anyway, I'm so good. Oh yeah. fuck! All right. Um, um, I like the sets and costumes. When there is a set. But I also, I'll point out some issues I have there. I think we were talking about it when we were watching it. I was like, I kind of appreciate how I feel like the sets intentionally look very soundstage-y. Yeah. Like, they kind of give me Wizard of Oz vibes. Like, oh, there's a bit during Agony where he punches a rock and you can <laughs> you can hear the styrofoam clunk, like, when he I, hits it. I'm like, I'm like I okay, like, that's, that's kind of charming. I like, like that stuff in theory. Sometimes. But also... If you're gonna make it look like a like a stage, I'd rather just watch a stage recording yeah, of the show. True. There is one. There's one of I the know. original you cast. And it's Peters. wonderful. Um, I would give it a I nine out of ten. I kind of wanted it to be a bit more cinematic. Bob, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, hi, hi Bob, um, I'm Bob Westerberg. Bob. Uh, yeah, freaking uh, the original Wolf yeah. and Prince Charming. Yeah, we're on a first. Also, name also Bob Iger. Yeah, oh, Bob Iger. <laughs> um, but um. And again, the the strength of this movie lies in the fact that Steven Sondheim's work is is good, is good, and they're taking good stuff and putting it in their movie. I don't wrong. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if what's wrong with this movie is all Rob Marshall's fault. I can't, I don't know who to blame. Yeah, I think it's Disney mostly. I think it's yeah. partly Rob Marshall, partly the script writer. But it's like we know Rob Marshall knows how to direct a musical. We know we can do it. I like, think, well, he also made nine with oh, uh shit, with. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, so. I think it's funny because it's Daniel, like... No. There's like I've this... <laughs> I think it's funny because there's like this like thing, like thematic in the musical that it's like a lot of people are to blame for like bad that happens. And it's like we don't know who to blame for like what makes this yeah. movie bad. Oh god, it's your fault. That was yeah, your fault. Yeah. We gotta get into the bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty... I mean, like, it's, that, most, it's mostly the second half. I do want to say... The first act of this musical is supposed to be funny. And I think James Corden gets a ton of hate all the time for being the only person besides the Dreamy Himbo number to make me laugh. James Corden is okay in this movie. I would agree. This was, right. this was before he was really like James Corden. I think he didn't need to ad-lib every two seconds. No, but like but, at least he made me laugh. But yeah, he's, he's a... He is not a grading presence, which is more than I can usually say I for think, James Corden. I think this Cats. show... I think... I think this show forgets, or I think this we movie forgets that. that they're make. This is a parody of fairy tales. Yeah, and it it yeah this movie's too earnest. Like it's too. It's, it's supposed to be funny, and they kind of like darken it while at the same time Disney-fying it it's and toothless. changing. They're you know, making it the very thing it swore to destroy. Basically, you were the chosen one. Yeah. Oh, fuck. You know, this, um, this movie. It stands. The, the stands main, against everything. The main problem with this is it takes a two and a half hour musical, condenses it into a little less than two hours, and that half hour of cut material 
is important. so important. They completely get rid of the narrator and the mysterious man. This is so, this is the kind of show that needs that two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I would rather watch a two and a half hour good adaptation of Into the Woods <laughs> than a two hour mediocre one. This musical was meant to to convey metaphors and and very complex thematics. Sorry, I'm very passionate. No, no, about no, this. for sure, for sure. Very complex thematics, and it uses fairy tales. So we can all understand these complex thematics. But this movie just was like, oh, we're going to do the fairy tales. The fairy fairy tales were never the point. It's the complex thematics. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about the fairy tales. They're not the point of the musical. I just can't get over. I just can't get, get over how misguided it is to take a two and a half hour show where, where the main point is the connection that the baker has with the children. You're supposed to really care about that. Like, because he had a bad dad. But, <laughs> but, they, but they cut the, the stuff that cut his dad. If you don't see his dad be a bad dad to him, then that, like, like it's about, like, again, it's about breaking the cycle. Like, like the, the main emotional crux of the story is the baker stepping into his role as a father figure. That is the main arc. He... If there is a protagonist in the show, it's the, it's the baker. And the problem is, like, if you like his interaction with his dad or the mysterious man sheds light on how horrible of a father he was, and, and so the baker like realizes that. And, and there's that trauma. He only to ever him. And he doesn't want to hold the kid. Exactly. Mm. And what's so confusing is that they cast his dad for like five seconds, and it's, it's that it's good the fuck, actor. It's the it's fucking the dude. Death of Solid. Simon, <laughs> Russell, Simon Russell Beale. I thought, I thought it was Sondheim. When I first watched it, I was, like, oh, I was like, oh, that's a fun cameo. But, like, they cast him, and then they didn't do the narrator thing in the first act, which would have... That's important. Part of me thinks that maybe the role was supposed to be in it, like, more. But, like, early on, they made the decision to, to trim it down or something. Like Early on, they made the decision that would kill this movie. Listen, I'm, yeah, I'm not a purist. You can change things For if sure. you're making a movie I to agree. make it but, but if it makes it worse... But if it makes it worse, if you're cutting out like, the point like, of the film... For, for example, yeah, it's not even exponentially for, making it worse. It's just making it miss the for, entire point. For example, in Chicago, the, uh, Christine Baranski... Her character is, is a is a man in the show. I want to play show. that role so bad. And it's revealed that she's a man as kind of like a point. Billy Flynn's trying to make it like, oh, things are not what they seem. Completely inconsequential. Like, it adds to the theme or yeah. whatever. But it's completely inconsequential to the matter. narrative. No. So they cut it. Cutting out the narrator and the mysterious man... Cutting, that's, cutting that's, out Rapunzel's death completely under, completely oh undercutting the, the baker's witch's The arc. baker's wife's death is so underwhelming. And, and so like, underwhelming. Jack's mom's debatable death? Uh, oh my god, we were arguing. We were like, did, did she die they, in this? Like, because the baker implies heavily that she died, but they don't show it. What the fuck? Well, you can't show it. It's a Disney movie. It, it shouldn't be a Disney movie. Yeah, Disney should have not... Because you said it's like it's like a snake eating its own cake. Like it's just like the a fact that like, Disney like, made this. Disney, like it's a parody of Disney, but Disney's making it. But Disney doesn't have the self awareness to parody themselves no, in they, any in any kind of meaningful or thoughtful way. And it sounds like I I totally despise this movie. I don't despise this movie. It's just an adaptation of a great stage show. It just it com- and it's it com- so mediocre. It completely misunderstands the source material. Yeah, they- and it which leads to it just being messy and toothless. Like they it just to- it doesn't have any of the biting commentary. Like it just 
none of the emotional stakes are where they should be. Like, none of the motivations add up. Like, it's just... I, it's a mess. We, we, we talk about how... I mean, like, yeah, the whole thing with his father... The, the main theme in the movie, it ends with... Um, children will listen. Children will listen. Like, that's the whole... The whole the whole theme of is that the, the show. baker is rocky with his kid because is that, of his dad. Well, no, it's 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 like like parentage and legacy and like fatherhood. And, 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 and they like, undermine the the subplot that drives that because the every, witches did doesn't die. Every single character in the movie has shitty parents. Cinderella has her shitty stepmom. Jack's mom is shitty to him for for a lot of it. You know, she's she's kind well, of she's only with. she's only she's only not shitty to him when 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 he has something exactly that, like that, that he can provide her. Uh huh. So it's like it, it, again, like there's these strong like themes that that carry throughout the musical that are just not in the movie, or if they are there, they are not explored in any kind of meaningful way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, this movie's a, a fucking mess. They need to put this whole movie on r slash whoosh because it just misses it the bad. point. Absolutely. Do we, anything more to say about this one? I want to look up the budget of this movie. Fifty million. The CG's not for good. what? Yeah. Fifty million for what? Probably to just get Johnny Depp to, to be in one scene to make a. That's actually that's. Way lower than I was expecting. Yeah, I was thinking this was a hundred million up, like especially with like. A I'm cat- glad it was not. It did True. not look like that. I like no. Johnny Depp. I think he was funny. Really? I I'm not a. I'm I, forgot, not a fan. I forgot he was in it. <laughs> I forgot he was in it until just now. Oh my god! I mean, the f- how weird the Red Riding Hood song about. Yeah, she's just is. supposed to stand there and sing. That was one of those instances where I was like, they just need to let them sing. Uh, is, on the steps of the palace, and yeah. Kendrick is surrounded by all these like CGI, like, yeah. like embers and shit. And it's like get that shit off the screen. Just giants in just the sky. They okay. they didn't giants in the sky. They like didn't mess up because he just was. Kind yeah, of giants there. in the sky. I okay. was expecting them to do a whole CG thing. He's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's in the house of the giant, like, and like yeah. I was gonna kill myself. But uh-huh. then he just sung, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Red Riding Hood, like the inside of she goes inside. Yeah, the they're both good singers. Just let them it's, sing. This movie sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't hate this movie. I just I don't feel anything to it, which is a far cry from the stage show, which, which is so makes, fun. It's I so love fun. the stage show, and it's like the stage show has like is very investing. Like, and it, I think you were mentioning this. Like, there's a lot of convenient uh, characters running yeah, into yes. each other in the movie, which plays a lot better on stage when, when characters when there's like just when there's, there's an implied passage of time when a character leaves on stage and comes back. In this one, characters just run across each other. Just and it's like it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't read it's it just, well on film. It, it, it just it's an incredible mistranslation because like, and the thing about it is this show needs to be played to an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 so does In the Heights. Mm-hmm. So does so does Chicago. Mm-hmm. But they play to the audience of a screen. Yeah, and so they just they they, was, they just needed to they needed to work harder. This 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 end of the woods doesn't quite fully utilize being translated to film in in a good way. It didn't work. Like everything it tries to do, like oh now we're now we're moving now we can actually have the giant, and it's like. That's not what, what people were want. Like people weren't like, oh, I liked Into the Woods, but why did I get to see the giant? Like that wasn't any like nobody was asking no, for that. You don't even the giant is a voice yeah. on stage. It, it it's irrelevant. It's literally the fairy tale aspects of this. I, I've already yelled about this. They're irrelevant. It's the themes. Meryl Streep's kind of hot though. Meryl Streep. Oh yeah, I I honestly would like. I'd love to see Emily Blunt like in the stage production of this show. Honestly, honestly Meryl Streep. Right. I'd love to see her in the stage. Chris Pine. I'd love to see him. Yeah, this this movie is five out of ten. Five like, out of ten. Whatever. Five like, out of ten. I'm exactly with you on it's, that one. Yeah, it's whatever. I. 
Watch it if you want something to make fun of, I guess. Just go see this. Or watch the recording. Yeah, watch the stage. Watch, so. the, watch the original cast recording of Into the Woods. You will not regret watching that. I promise you. I would give it a 9 out of 10. This I would give a 5 out of 10, but it gets a 6 out of 10 because of Agony. <laughs> Understandable. So. Understandable. Um, it, yeah, this is... The worst film we're talk- we've talked about today, it's not even... It's not no, close. No, not like by, not, by a yeah. mile. No, um, it's not close I guess that that's all we have to say about all those, man. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you guys this for having a, me. This has a, been a blast. A thorough discussion, man. I, I, we got heated about Into the Woods. I gotta, I gotta wipe the sweat off my No, mouth. this was... My brow. This was, I was looking forward to this all week, so I was really excited to come on and, and talk movies. Any, anytime, man. Absolutely, man. Plug away. Where can yeah, you got anything you? coming um, up? Uh, social media, what a... Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's just Charlie underscore Wade. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm on Letterboxd. It's just Charlie Wade. I think you can just look me up. Uh, W-E-H-D-E. Um, most of my socials are about the same plugs. Um... Uh, if you're in the area, you're going to be in Into the Woods. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram. A better version of Into the Woods. Yes, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I'll be playing Jack. Um, Ooh, so. that's, that's such a perfect role for you. That's yeah, going to be so be, good. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, if you are if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you'll get information on that. So, well, sweet. Hell, hell yeah, guys. Uh, well, you guys, can, uh, you guys can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cinema, Cinema Shakedown. Shakedown. And you guys can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Kregbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. Or you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore fat man 99. Charlie, oh, we, oh next week we've got to plug, yeah, we gotta plug next I week's gotta episode. Plug next, week. Uh, next week we will be talking about the new uh, Disney Pixar film, Luca. Luca. Uh, along with a, a, a very anticipated sequel, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard 2. And we'll be talking about the original too, oh Hitman's Bodyguard. We will have our good friend uh, Nick Maholland on for that episode. Who is... Who, um, is a, an animator. Animator. So uh, he has some, some uh, valid uh, insight. We're finally actually, uh, along with Charlie and, and Harsh and everything, we're actually getting some uh, qualified. some qualified guests. So fuck you, Jackson. Yeah, I was like, why are, you just, why are you just ripping on Jackson? Actual dude? filmmaker Jackson Deline. Fuck you. Um, but like, we're, we're excited to see his insight about the process and Luca and... For sure, for sure. So... Uh, but Charlie, thank you again for coming on. Thank you, on. No, seriously, thank you guys for having me. Uh, well, well, I'm sure you'll be back on again soon enough. Thank you guys for listening. Listening, and we will be back later. <laughs> <laughs>